A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 33. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. How the heck are you today, everybody? I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and this is my podcast, Relationships Made Easy. Today, we got a big one. We're going to talk about finding the spark again, or for the first time, I did talk to some clients who said, hey, we we actually never had the spark. So there you go. And I am going to be talking about something that I have dubbed the relationship brain constellation, because <laughs> you know me, I'm always, I'm always labeling everything. Uh, really, what I'm going to be talking about is uh, very much based on the work of uh, biological anthropologist Helen Fisher. And so today, you're going to learn what your brain does around sex and relationships and what neurochemicals are released so that you can really understand relationships and how to have a great one from a biological level and not just from, you know, an emotional, like let's talk level, because when you can learn to release these chemicals on your own, guess what? You can have that feeling just like, I don't know, if you want to feel more relaxed and you have a drink, that drink releases more of these, you know, certain neurotransmitters and these brain chemicals, and that makes you feel more relaxed. So it's the same way, you know, if you do something, exercise, whatever, uh, you can change your, what's happening neurochemically in your brain. And uh, so I'm going to help you do that. So you can get to have that spark again and really uh, feel that, you know, in love feeling. Uh, again, or again for the first time. So, and if I told you, this might blow your mind, that you do not have to be in a downward spiral in your sex life, that you, as we age, it is not guaranteed that we will fall out of love or that we will, and I, I, or it may not be fall out of love, but that we, you know, that we will just get into sort of a complacent, you know, 
feeling with our partner that that in love butterflies, I can't wait to see them. I'm a little obsessed. I think about my partner all the time that that feeling does not have to go away. I know. And they've actually proved this. And so uh, this woman I'm going to talk about a lot today, Helen Fisher, is a biological anthropologist. I'll, I'll definitely link to some good TED Talk uh, in the show notes. And uh, she's a senior research fellow right now at the Kinsey Institute. I started following her years ago when she was at Rutgers. Um, she's been very involved in Match.com and in creating Chemistry.com. And so uh, she, you know, she's just the bomb diggity with all this stuff and really figuring out why we fall in love and how we stay in love. And so why, why not go with someone who has some proven research, right? But I'll, and I'll tell you right off the bat, one of the things she's done is they've uh, done research with people, couples who have been together uh, over, it was over 20 years, who said, who self-reported, we are so in love. We have that in love feeling. We are in love. And you know how a lot of us maybe hear some couple that's been together that long say that and we think, oh God, you know, they're just, they think they are, but they're not really. Well, what they did was they did uh, these functional MRIs. They did these MRIs with these folks and, you know, so you can see the brain and what's happening in the brain, what chemicals are getting released, what areas are lit up, that kind of thing. And then they took couples who were brand new together, who were self-reporting. We are so, you know, we have that in love feeling again, you know, the butterflies and I'm so excited to see the person. So, and, you know, we believe those folks, right? <laughs> we're like, yeah, you've been together two weeks, you know, where do you get to, to, to 20 years? Uh, so what she did, which, and then she did these same MRIs with them. She, and it's not just her alone, obviously it's these research folks. And, and this uh, has been replicated in different ways, this study. And what they do is they compare those MRIs of the people who've been together more than 20 years who say they're in love and these couples who are brand new and say they're in love. And guess what? They are the same. Oh, <gasps> yes. So if it's possible for these other couples, it is certainly possible for you. And Again, you know, most of my podcast is all about tools for, you know, communicating and thinking things through differently and being self-aware and all that other stuff. And, uh, but you know, all know, I think if you've been listening to me that I live, uh, I love research that's based on real stuff. <laughs> and especially when we talk about the brain and things like MRIs, these are so definite, you know, it's really hard to try to go, well, this is different cause or whatever. These are really, um, you know, robust studies. So you really know, yeah, this is real and this is true and this really can work. It's not just something Abby's like saying. And so let's get to it. Let me talk about uh, what what I, where I really want to go today, which is about, uh, so because Helen, we'll call her Helen, sorry, Dr. Fisher <laughs> has been, I don't know her, has been really, I, she's been on this quest, you know, really, uh, to look at, to study our brains in relation, like I said, to sex, love, and relationships. And she's been doing this so long. And so as we get that spark back, understanding this is so huge. Now, so she identified, basically, she has identified in her research, uh, different stages of relationships. And it's really, 
it's really not different stages. It is different stages of relationships, but it's different stages of the brain in in these different stages of relationships. Okay, so it's the brain in these different stages. And uh, I dubbed this because I always like to come up with a name because I'm cute like that. The relationship brain constellation, like I said earlier. And I want you to think of it this way: when you think of a constellation, you know, uh, there's basically these three uh, pieces that work together to create something and which in our case is a connected hot relationship. So (laughs) each sort of star in the constellation has an important brain chemical associated with it. And if you want to get the spark back, you need to focus on creating each of these chemicals, right? And I'm going to teach you how today. So the, the three stars in this constellation are, uh, that Helen, Dr. Fisher identified are basically sex and lust, your feelings of uh, attachment and trust, and the third is being in love, you know, the the romance. So, okay, so let's talk about sex first. I know because you don't want to wait. And the brain chemical that's associated with, uh, the chemical that's associated the most with sex is testosterone. And I know you've heard of testosterone. And Testosterone is actually in a class of hormones called androgens. And actually, I should say that that's um, when when we have an, a chemical working in our body, we call it a hormone. And when it works in our brain, we call it a neurotransmitter. And many things are both because sometimes they trout, you know, they work through the brain and sometimes they work in the body. So, uh, but this is, but testosterone is really we classify as a hormone. And again, this androgen. And so in general, the more testosterone you've got, the more sex you want, or the you know longer you can keep it up if you're a man, that kind of thing. So, and testosterone starts to slowly decrease in men. It's you know typically after about age thirty, and it's it's a slow decrease though. And but besides aging, there are things that can lower testosterone. So weight gain is a biggie. Decreased movement, you know, just not exercising, moving around, you know, sitting at a desk all day, and that's it. Definitely some medications, as you might imagine, and uh, the biggies are emotional or physical stress. All of these can cause lower levels of testosterone in men. Now, what many people don't realize is that women also have testosterone. We have testosterone, although our testosterone levels are much lower than men's in general. And it's still an important hormone, though, for us related to sex and mood and and it relates to mood in men also, I should say. So for women, testosterone decreases by about half by the time we're 40, let's say. And so it decreases, so we have less than men anyway, decreases by about half by the time we're 40. And this directly affects sexual desire and satisfaction. So really feeling good about sex. But it can also be a contributing factor to, de- to depression and anxiety, as it can in men. Um, but especially in women, it seems to have a definite role. So for both men and women, a decreased sex drive tends to be related overall to sex, to sex, to stress. Sorry, I wish it was sex. It's not. To stress. <laughs> no, I don't wish it was sex. Uh, lack of movement relationship issues and tiredness. So if you think of your life right now and you think of where your sex life is and you, again, not just your desire, but your satisfaction around it, really think of these topics. 
stress, lack of movement, relationship issues, and how tired you are. So if you're in any of those, or God forbid, all four of those, guess what? See, now you're going, oh, no wonder I'm not really wanting sex. So stress is such a big culprit here. I really want to explain this because when you're stressed, you're releasing other hormones like cortisol and epinephrine. Now, epinephrine, you know, we, we know is adrenaline. Um, and by the way, uh, so I wouldn't go there. Sorry. So, so epinephrine, I'll just say adrenaline because we know that word. Um, and cortisol, these hormones are part of preparing you to the fight, flight, or freeze that I talk so much about. And these are, you know, some ancient neurochemicals that uh, are flowing through your system, getting you ready to do one of those things when you're in danger and any kind of stress our brain thinks of as death. It doesn't get that it's not that big a deal. It really goes to that big place. So, and and this makes sense, right? If, you know, 100,000 years ago or something, if a tiger was jumping out to, to, to eat us or to attack us, sex would likely be the last thing on our mind, right? You can't, you know, you, you, you can't think of those when you, when you're in just trying to survive. So, these hormonal disturbances are at the core of a lower sex drive. And I, I really need you to hear that. So it does matter around stress and it does matter around your partner stress. So of course the question is, all right, well, what can I do to create more testosterone and have a higher libido and a more satisfying sex life? Of course you want to know that. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, and a lot of you are not going to like the answer, but you should know what it is. So competitive or aerobic exercise is definitely the winner here. This is the biggie that helps with testosterone. And it's for a few reasons. Like, so first, competitive exercise increases testosterone levels in the body and helps keep them on an even keel when you do it consistently. So just doing it, you know, being competitive, really, I, I, how much do I talk about my man and his Spartan races, right? Um, and so it doesn't even matter if you're competitive with yourself, but if you feel that, you know, feeling of pushing and really wanting to get somewhere. And the, and second, when you do aerobic exercise, this is the best antidote for stress. And I, I do talk to my clients a lot about this. Uh, you know, definitely antidepressants or anti-stress medications um, are great. And, uh, but I really, without exercise, you're, you're missing a big part of the, of the, of the cure. So some, some, some studies have actually shown that exercise, again, aerobic exercise is more effective than medication. How do you like that? It, it's, it is incredible. And because exercise burns off those stress hormones, the cortisol and the adrenaline, and, and it pumps up the production of other neurotransmitters, endorphins, and enkephalins, other chemicals. And I know you've heard of endorphins. So, and endorphins and enkephalins kind of run together. And these are, these neurotransmitters are in charge of relieving pain, anxiety, and stress. So it's basically your brain's Valium right? It's, it's your, it's your brain's mellow, uh, neurotransmitters. They mellow you out. So when you, and this is what people call often a runner's high, things like that, uh, are, are from these neurochemicals being released. So when you're exercise, you're burning off that stress hormone. And remember, I've talked about this before. If a, a million years ago, hundred thousand years ago, when we were running from 
a tiger or something that was going to eat us. And if we escaped, so, but remember we're running, we're burning off all that hormone that had come flooding into our system, telling us to run that fight, flight or freeze, or telling us to fight, whatever we're going to do. And so we would run and we would burn that off. Today we get stressed and we're sit. maybe you're sitting at your desk when your boss yells at you, you're not burning off any of the hormones. So it's just rush running around the body. It is literally all over you telling you to run. Why aren't you running? <laughs> you should be running. And so, and you're not, so you're not burning it off. Your, your brain is on overload, freaking out, thinking you're about to die and you're not doing anything. You can see the problem. And if you really think of this, you'll realize how true it is. So, uh, and you can always relate back to my podcast on um, why your lizard brain is uh, screwing up your relationship. You can go back to that. I can link to that in the show notes too. So decreased stress equals hotter sex on, on all these levels. And exercise, just for the record, also helps with sleep. So, and remember being tired is one of the other key factors that reduces your sex drive. So there's really no uh, reason <laughs> to ignore exercise in some way. I, I just can't get there enough for you. Uh, figure out a way, get a partner, get someone to help you, get a trainer, whatever it's going to do to make it a priority to really uh, shift that boat around. Uh, and by the way, studies have also shown that having having sex raises your testosterone levels. So the more sex you have, the more you want it. And you, I think you all know how that works. So if you've been single for a long time, uh, sometimes that part of your brain can kind of shut off. Or if you haven't had sex for a long time in your relationship, you just feel like you stop wanting it. And you sort of have to, you know, move towards it to want it again. So, okay. So that's our, so getting more testosterone is a biggie when we talk about this one star in the constellation, the sex and lust. Now we're going to talk about the second star in the constellation, which is these feelings of uh, attachment and trust. So the chemical you need to focus on if you want to create feelings of trust and attachment in your relationship is oxytocin. Now, oxytocin, I think a lot of you have heard of, it's a, it's a bonding hormone. It's most famously produced when women have babies. We have lots of oxytocin and when we're breastfeeding and when we actually have the baby uh, in, in during childbirth and after, it's, you know, one of those things that, because these things are screaming all the time, right, uh, that makes, that made us a million years ago, not like leave the baby in the cave and go move. Uh, so there's all this bonding, all this togetherness. Now, you also create oxytocin, which <laughs> you don't have to have a baby. So, so you're sitting there going, Abby, you're telling me to have another child. No, you can create oxytocin with something very easy. It's called touch, touching, touching. <laughs> I want you to get in the habit of touching your partner often. Now, this could mean holding hands, uh, you know, spooning at night, cuddling on the couch, giving a foot massage, uh, or it can be really simple that whenever you pass them in a room, you touch them. Or if you talk to them, you just sort of touch their arm or something. It does not have to always be a foot rub or something longer or more intense. Even, uh, you know, one minute sh quick neck massage, you know, if you're, if you're walking by or something and they're sitting on the couch and you get behind them and, you know, rub their neck for a minute. It, it, it doesn't have to be a big long thing. And, but it just has to be these ways that we, that we touch. I've often, um, told, I told my clients that anytime you touch your, if your cell phone, for every time you touch your cell phone, touch your partner. 
because it's a really sad thing that we all touch our cell phones a lot more than we touch our partners. So try to switch that. Um, there was a study by Apple a while ago. It's probably more now, but that says we touch, we uh, open our phones an average of 86 times a day. Um, I know. So, which means you touch them that many times. So maybe use that as your initial number. Okay. Uh, so we want to touch, uh, we want to pump up the touch, you know, volume in the relationship is basically what you want to do. So for sure, the obvious having sex, um, and especially in uh, an orgasm is a way to release the most oxytocin and build feelings of attachment and trust quickly. But Outside of actual sex, men get the most oxytocin when they kiss and women get the most when they hold hands. Sort of interesting. So make sure you're doing more of what your partner wants when it comes to the oxytocin build. So all you men out there, make sure you're holding your woman's hand more, that you're, you know, doing that more, putting your arm around her more. Uh, And the women out there, make sure that you're actually kissing your man more, uh, right? Okay. And if you're in a same-sex relationship, do 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 more of, <laughs> do more kissing or do more holding hands. Uh, it, it's still going to work. So when you trust your partner, the sex can get really good. To me, this particular star in the constellation is, well, they're all really big, obviously, but this one especially, because um, when you really trust your partner, you're willing to try new things, Uh, You're not so worried about looking stupid or embarrassing yourself during sex or during your life together. You'll you'll go for it because you trust that it's a safe space to to be with your partner naked. Uh, You know, hot sex is messy. I just have to say that out loud. Hot sex can be messy, right? You might choke or even throw up a little if you're given a blowjob. Come on. That's happened, I think, to everybody out there uh, who's given one. You might see, if, you, if you've tried anal, you might see some poop. Uh, hello, you know, might have to clean, clean, clean off something, right, <laughs> to keep going. Uh, and this is why, of course, I think everyone knows you don't have anal and then have vaginal sex, right? Do not do that. Okay, other way around you could do. Uh, you could find out the hard way that the living room coffee table doesn't support your weight <laughs> when you try to have sex on it. Uh, you might find that you have no dirty talk game. Uh, you know, you scream out, uh, you know, eat my pussy now. And your partner is pulling back, embarrassed, freaked out. You're freaked out. Uh, maybe you just say the wrong thing. There's a great Seinfeld episode about this. I think he said something about panties anyway. Um, but do you know what I'm saying? All of this is can be messy because you're trying things, you're going for it, you're hopefully sort of lost in the moment uh, and not thinking so much. So of course, you're not going to always make the best choice. Uh, If you have missionary sex every Tuesday at eight, only in your bed for 20 years, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's no way you've got an erotic spark happening. Um, By definition, an erotic sex life with your long-term partner is going to mean bringing something new in, right? Think about it. Got to bring something new in to have that eroticism. And when we try new things, again, they don't always work. So we are putting our fragile egos on the line and we need to trust that our partner will be there with us and as we take those risks and that they'll take them too. So that's all part of this really important part star in the constellation, this attachment and trust. 
and building that oxytocin. So touch, touch, touch. Okay. The third star in the constellation is the, the love and romance part. And the chemical you need to focus on to create that in love feeling is yet another neurotransmitter called dopamine. By the way, dopamine is one of those ones that can be a hormone too, but when it's working in the body, a neurotransmitter in the brain, but I digress. Okay. So dopamine is one of the main components in the brain's pleasure center. And I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm not going to go too into that now because it'll just get too far down a road, but just trust me and I'll link to the show notes (laughs) to prove it. Um, And studies have shown that dopamine stimulates romantic love. So of course you're saying, well, how do you get dopamine flowing to get that in love romantic feeling. And there's one surefire way, which I assigned to couples quite a bit, obviously drugs and alcohol, and there's some other stuff, but we're, we're not going down that road. Uh, research shows that trying new things or novelty triggers the release of dopamine in the, in the brain. So I like to say happy couples do new things together. And when you have a new experience, your reward system is activated and floods with dopamine and other neurotransmitters, of course, but we're looking at that dopamine. And these are the same brain circuits that fire when you first fall in love. This is, you know, again, Helen Fisher does all this research. It's it's phenomenal. So you rem- I know you remember that feeling of new love, you know, and you can't, again, I talked about it earlier, and you can't stop thinking and fantasizing about the other person and your whole life feels better and more exciting. Doing new things together can create that feeling again, and it's it's awesome. So, and, and again, numerous research studies have shown that the more novelty you introduce, the closer you get. I know. Think about that. So, life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And once again, closeness and that in love feeling definitely leads to wanting more sex and to taking more risks with sex, which can lead to more erotic sex life and a more satisfying sex life. Uh Uh-huh. So I want you to make a plan to do something new together. I want you to choose something neither of you has ever done before because you got to learn something fresh and different together. I had a couple... Uh, I did, I actually signed this again. I've signed, assigned it to a few couples. I, I had them go ice skate. Um, I did not grow up ice skating. A lot of people don't. And, uh, it's a great thing to go learn to do together. You, you're falling, you're embarrassed, all that. Um, but anything like that, some sport curling, I don't know. Has any, both of you? Both of you tried curling. Uh, I don't care what it is. Uh, you could all you can go to an ashram and learn to meditate. Uh, you can learn to ice like uh, sorry, like take a metalsmithing class. Um, do a walking tour in a nearby city. Try that Ethiopian restaurant that you've 
thought looked strange, but interesting, you know, maybe you saw them sitting on the floor and eating with their hands. What a cool thing to go do. Check it out. Uh, if you're really desperate, there's something called date night box, swear to God, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, and they'll schedule your whole date and you don't have need to do anything but pay and show up. I like that. <laughs> How easy is that? Uh, no matter what you choose, make it something where you're both on the same learning curve so you can create something new together. Now, so for example, with me, I don't really want to try athletic things with my partner because he is way more athletic than me. And it's, it's not, it's not going to do the same thing for me because I don't really love sports at all or exercise. You, You all know, I've talked about this before. So these are not things I do with him, um, you know, try a new sport, uh, but there's other things. And I really like travel or trying new restaurants or, you know, doing something else. Uh, even if you go to the same restaurant, get a different food. Don't order the same thing, uh, but try something else together. It's a, it's a great thing to do. Um, and, you know, it's often nice, of course, to do things that are comforting that we've done before, but again, add something else each time. Just try to add something. It really creates something else. So, all right. So now you know about the relationship brain constellation and how each kind of star is important to getting and maintaining a happy and satisfying sex life, right? So you've got that you've got these three chemicals you can work on to make all three of these work. And, uh, but I really want to talk now about, I I don't think we can talk about getting the spark back. Any talk would not be complete without talking about the work of Esther uh, Perel. Now, Dr. Perel is an expert in the relationship field, especially around this idea of uh, sizzling, even after many years together. Now, if you haven't read, she has a great book, Mating in Captivity. Um, It goes, it really examines... um, what she sees actually is the main issue in a long-term relationship, which she talks about reconciling uh, security and adventure. Like, in other words, on the one hand, we want stability and sureness and dependability. Um, secure, you know, the, what she calls domesticism, you know, being domesticated. But we also want uh, spontaneity and desire and risk and newness, uh, something taboo, adventure. You know, this is all the eroticism. And her thing is, how do you have both in a relationship, especially after many years together? So, and I'll, I'll link to her book and um, I'll figure out one of her TED Talks to link to. She's, again, really cool. Uh, she's from Belgium, just amazing. And w- one of the questions she's asked... I'll try to find this TED Talk, (laughs) this particular one, so you can hear her say it. But one of the questions she's asked in her many research projects and explorations is, uh, when are you most drawn to your partner? I love this question. I love it because it's not, when do you find them the sexiest or the most fun or the most beautiful or something? When do you feel most drawn? You know, when are you really like thinking about your partner? Uh, I, I just, I love the question. So what I love the most is the answers, what the two big answers were from people. There was a, a bunch of answers, but uh, the two big answers were, number one, I'm most drawn to my partner when they're away, when we're apart, and you know, and then we reunite. And I'm most drawn to my partner when they're in their element or doing something they're passionate about. So uh, when they're holding court at a party, 
when I look at my partner and they're uh, radiant and confident, I'm quoting that, she explains this word radiant as being uh, when they're self-sustaining, when they're in themselves. Uh, it's when your partner is strong on their own, right? So let's talk. Okay. So let's talk about those two. The, let's talk about that first answer. I'm most drawn to my partner when they're away, when we're apart and we reunite. So I know you all know the quote, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Guess what? It's true. <laughs> so to have some of this balance from feeling like, you know, a mom, a dad, or a board partner to feeling like a risk-taking, you know, sex machine, there needs to be some mystery, some distance, some anticipation. The daily grind, you know, bills, farting in front of each other, don't get me started on leaving the bathroom door open, uh, picking up after people, going to work, commuting. It's all about stability. And it is a hot sex killer. I'll tell you right, right now, those things are a hot sex killer. So having some distance breathes life into things. Now, having too much distance, of course, can be de detrimental. So finding the balance is perfect and key. But are you know, think about things like, are you taking a, a guy's or gal's weekend with regularity? Do you have things you do on your own and not as a couple? Do you, know, do you have interests outside the couple? I've also found that with all the texting and the ways to stay to be connected these days, we often don't get breaks from our partners. You know, it wasn't that long ago that people went to work, right? Someone would go to work. I mean, that long ago it was the the men usually, right? They'd go to work and you they didn't speak to their wives all day. They didn't speak to their partners all day long until they saw them again at night. They were work, they were into it, they were doing their thing, and then they came home. And there might be a call to say they were late or, you know, if they weren't going to make the, you know, six o'clock train or something, but that was it. And of course you had a call from your office or a payphone. There was no like cell phone around. You, there was no email. You weren't checking that every minute. There was no, you know, whatever else you use, social media, Vox or whatever. There was nothing. So there's something really important about having some distance and to allow yourself to be fully where you are. You know, when you're at work, don't be distracted by things at home and vice versa. Don't be distracted by, you know, get into what you're doing. Just be there. Allow yourself the luxury of complete attention to a given thing. It'll change your life, I promise, and your effectiveness, by the way. This whole idea of really, you know, it's, I'm telling you, it's sitting in your brain somewhere. Oh, I got to remember to text my wife at lunch, you know, and then it becomes a habit. Of course, and you just sort of do it, but there's a way that what if you just let that all go and just let yourselves be a part? Uh, frankly, I don't have that much to talk about. <laughs> if I was, you know, if I was talking on the phone all day with my man, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have anything to say at night when we see each other. There, there's a way to just you know, have some separation is what I'm trying to say. And, and it's harder and harder these days with how ubiquitous, you know, uh, constant connection, is, you know, uh, constant electronic connection is, sorry. And it often takes the place of true emotional connection. And that's the problem. It's like, oh, we talk all day. And again, it becomes part of the grind. It doesn't become part of the erotic spark. All right. So think about that and how you're going to incorporate that. And now let's talk about that second answer, which you're drawn to your partner when they're in their element or doing something they're passionate about. Uh, again, when your partner is strong on their own. So one of the issues that's way too common, especially in heterosexual relationships with the 
um, and it's true, well, in any relationship with the introduction of children, um, is that women become caretakers. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard a wife say to me or a woman say to me, I've got three children at home, you know, my man and my two young boys or something like that. I've heard it so many times. And this is such a setup for being roommates and not lovers. If, first of all, if a woman feels like you're her son for the men listening out there, then she doesn't want to have sex with you because that's gross. Okay. It's gross. And, and if she feels like your mommy, you don't want to have sex so much with her because that would be gross too. So you get it. It's, it's, you got to get out of that role. You got to get out of where, um, you know, you're not taking care of your shit. You know, you, you got to take care of your life. You got to take care of your stuff and, uh, not allow your wife, girlfriend, fiance, whatever you call her to be in that caretaking role with you. It does not mean she can't be nurturing and loving. That's all lovely, but not caretaking. Caretaking means that you're really holding on to all the pieces of their life. And that's, that's not cool. All right. So it's also somewhat common for a stay at home parent to become needy with their partner. And, you know, think about it. (laughs) They've spent the whole day disconnected from adults. They're with these children. And when their partner comes home from work, they pounce on them and they're because it's their <laughs> thirst for some adult conversation and connection. It is also a lot of women have been in the workforce and doing other things and using their brains quite differently. And then all of a sudden they're just home and they're not really using their brains in the same way. Uh, and of course we get mommy brain is real. The struggle is real with mommy brain. So, you know, we're not thinking the way we used to. We're not as sharp as we used to be. It's a really frustrating, scary time, I can say for, I think, a lot of us. Uh, And I definitely remember feeling quite needy myself when I first had my kids, you know, not being at work. I found that I lost quite a bit of myself and how, you know, how I fed my ego. I, you know, it is, right? It's, you know, when clients tell me they're doing well or I, you know, I have a great session with someone, it's satisfying. It is. I don't think I did it, but I know I was part of something and really helping someone and being of service in the world and, you know, really feeling like I have a place in the larger scheme of things. And of course, I'm having adult conversations all day and, you know, I'm just out in the world in another way. When I'm out, you know, unless I tell someone I'm a mother, they don't necessarily know, right? So I can just be something else. I I could just be myself, you know? And so I loved my children and was very grateful to have some months home with them, but I, I, Looking back, I felt adrift. And, you know, I'm also the, the youngest child in my family. So I never had any experience with babies. And I will tell you, the first diaper I ever changed was my son's. So I just felt completely out of my element and in over my head. So I definitely clung to their dad. And I felt, you know, really scared when he is sometimes, you know, when he wasn't around when they were really little. So as uh, Dr. Pearl so eloquently says, caretaking and neediness are not components of desire. <laughs> and so think think about that. So if you yourself are the one feeling like you're the caretaker or or you're needy or if your partner does, you know, or if you know, if you think your partner does or if you have one of these, it, it's hard to get in a desirous place. So the question of course, and you know, I'm always about answering and giving you tools, what can you do to bridge this gap? You know, what can you do if if this is happening? And so I've got 
two, you know, big things you can do. One is remember that foreplay happens all the time. It is not the five minutes before actual penetration. Tell you that right now. So get out of thinking that foreplay happens right before sex at all. So that's nice. And there's other stuff that happens there, but you got to put your energy into the other stars in the relationship brain constellation, building trust and romance, right? If you're only focused on the sex, you're missing some key components that will ultimately make your sex life way better. So I sort of, you know, outlined this when I talked about it, but I just want to repeat it, you know, so touching during the day and, you know, uh, making sure there's some distance and uh, really uh, thinking about uh, other ways to feel connected that are outside of, you know, maybe doing, again, doing new things together, whatever that are outside of the bedroom and hopefully outside of the kitchen too, and any other place you might have sex. Um, Really putting those things in the forefront will really help. Now, having said that, number two is that once you've been working on those other two stars in the constellation, you have to come back to the sex and the lust and make that a priority too. So, And you can have it scheduled or on your to-do list every week. Don't just wait until the feeling overtakes you. It's likely not going to happen that way, especially in the beginning. So I do want you to get a little premeditated when it comes to your sex life. Now, and you're thinking, if I premeditate it, it won't be spontaneous. Uh, It doesn't have to be spontaneous to be spontaneous. I like that. In other words, it doesn't have to be something that you just suddenly rip each other's clothes off. Um, to, to that, that's not just the spontaneity. You can do something new in the bedroom and that'll be spontaneity. You could, uh, you know, again, get to sex and then go, Hey, let's sneak out to the minivan. If you have to drive one of those, I'm sorry. You should at least have sex in it. Um, (laughs) let's go sex out there. I don't know. You could do something different, even though you planned it on, you know, Thursday at, at nine o'clock, you can still have something different. Uh, so I, I do want you to get a little premeditated. The other stuff you can do women and men is wear. So for women, wear nice lingerie all day, wear matching bra and panties. It's not that hard. I do it every day. Every day I do it. It's, it's so not hard. It does not take me hours. It's, it's pretty easy actually just shop that way. Uh, men too. Don't be wearing gross underwear. Throw those away. They got little stains in them. Ill. She's washing those too. Maybe a lot of times, maybe you are, but either way, don't, don't have her seeing that. So <laughs> throw them away, buy some nice new, right? Get something that looks cute on you. So I don't care if you, you don't have to have a perfect body to make things, right? Especially, I would say, especially when you don't have a perfect body. My God, I could have gotten away with lots of stuff when I was 20. Jeez. So, <laughs> right? So uh, I, I, I don't think I would have had to worry about that stuff at all when I was 20. But, you know, in my 50s, I sure do. And so this is a... a this is an energy you can put. Definitely keep things waxed, shaved, clean, kempt all year long. I, it's funny. I, um, when I, I get waxed, you know, I get waxed every month. And when I go to, uh, in the summer, as, as the summer's approaching, all of a sudden it's harder to make an appointment. And, uh, one, and I noticed this a few years ago and I said, I asked, I don't know why, but I asked the woman, cause I had an especially hard time getting an appointment in like, uh, May or something. And she, and she said, oh, well, we get just busier in the summer. You know, people come in more in the summer. And I'm like, 
they don't come in all year? And she said, oh no. She goes, it's a little scary sometimes when they, <laughs> they first start coming in. And because it, it's because a lot of times for women, they're only doing this stuff right before, you know, they're going to start wearing shorts or something. And, but you know, your person is seeing you naked all year. What are you doing? Uh, men, same thing. Like if you got a lot of back hair or something or whatever, could, could you take care of it, please? It, it's, uh, and it's going to sound shallow. I know I don't need you to be crazy about this stuff or like every minute and second, but think about it. And again, if, if you, if, if this is only, if you have a hot sex life and you know, you, you haven't taken the hair out of your ears and years, God bless you. Good for you. Keep on. You do you. I am. I want to hear from you, actually. That's that's awesome. But if you're listening, you probably don't have, you know, that that's what you're looking to get, your spark back. So, and again, even that is something new. Um, you know, doing some sort of manscaping or womanscaping in a different way could be something new. Hey, if you do get waxed, you could make a little landing strip or something. Think of how exciting that could be. Uh, <laughs> you could do all kinds of stuff to... Uh, just think about it more. It, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. If I waited to feel like working out, <laughs> if I waited to work out until I felt like it, it would never, ever happen. So my workout is is premeditated. I get up the same time every day. Uh, you all know, I talk about it a lot and I go to the gym. So, and after every single workout, I'm happy I did it. And sometimes, by the way, the workouts weren't that good. I wasn't feeling that good. I wasn't into it. I didn't sleep well or something, but I still go. So that does happen. I will say that. But there's never a time I'm not happy I did it. Do you see this? <laughs> there's not one workout I've had, again, even if it wasn't my best, where I thought, well, I should have just slept in. And I will tell you this, there's not one time, you know, if you have sex <laughs> that you're going to think, oh, we shouldn't have done that. It, it's have it. So, and again, the, there's lots of times, even though I premeditate my workout that I have an amazing workout and I do new things and I feel, I feel like I could, you know, kick ass and take, take over the world when I get out of there. So you don't have to think that planning, um, time to have sex necessarily makes it bad or boring. What you do with that plan time is where you get creative, you know, and think about these things, you know, what are your fantasies? Do you like to watch porn on your own? You masturbate in the bathroom at work? Do you want to collect anal plugs? Would you like to be dominated in the bedroom? Do, what about role play? Do you want to bring in another person? All of these things are things to think about, things to wonder about. Go to a sex shop together, check out some stuff. Oh, there's a leg spreader. What do we do with that? You know, whatever it is, <laughs> uh, think, just think about it. Get, you know, get yourself in that headspace a little more. And focus on allowing yourself to be completely vulnerable and honest in the bedroom. Go with what you really want and have that be separate from what happens in other parts of your relationship. So I want you to have your own sort of sexual persona. That's something different maybe from how you are in other ways of your life and build on that. Um, so you might want uh, to be dominated in the bedroom and you can ask for that and talk about that and how could that look and do you want to be tied up or do you want to, um, I don't know, do you want to have a lot of dirty talk? Do you want to have a lot of real raw talk in the bedroom? Do you want to uh, film yourselves? Do you want to, I don't know, what is your fantasy? It does not mean that outside of the bedroom you need you, you want to be dominated. You want to be an equal partner. I want us to come together in this way or whatever. That's fine. 
but you can have this sort of separate way of being in the bedroom. So that's why you have to think of your fantasies. What do you, what do you masturbate to? What do you think about when you're masturbating? Those are things that maybe you can bring into your sex life. So maybe not, you know, your partner might be like, nope, not doing that. But you, I would hope can brainstorm from there. Well, what could we do? What is, you know, like, so this, I want to have, maybe some man says, I want to have another woman in the bedroom. And the, what the, woman says, no, I don't want another woman in the bedroom. Um, but we could do, we could watch porn together with two women and a guy, you know, and we'll do that when, you know, and get off that way somehow. So, you know, there's, there's ways to think about it that can be different that everyone can be okay with. So in the end, when all this is said and done, I, I, what I want you to remember that it's not, necessarily more sex you're looking for. It's really more exciting, more erotic, more connected sex that you crave. And it's really not just sex you're looking for. Again, it's that in love, excited, thinking about the person, you know, want, wanting them in your head kind of feeling. And that's not just from sex. So it, again, it's from these other pieces. Okay. So these are the things I want you to focus on. Uh, as always, I'll have some good resources uh, in the show notes. And uh, I hope if you haven't yet that you subscribe to the podcast uh, on you know Stitcher's iTunes, wherever you get podcasts or on my website, you can uh, download it there, of course, but I'd love for you to subscribe. And I'd really love if you haven't yet to uh, please leave a review. It really helps get the word out. Please share the podcast with your friends and uh, I'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.